Let us pray. Gracious Lord God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for this chance to hear from you. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. We give you thanks for all the ways you speak. God, guide us that we may be faithful and that we may hear you clearly. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome to another edition of Scripture Talk, uh, the podcast where we at least hope to do the thing we claim to do, which is... Talk about, about scripture. scripture. Um, I am Pastor Trey Comstock. With me as ever is... Sister Brady Dudley. Pastor Scott Ketchot. And on the ones and twos. <laughs> on this show, again, we hope to do the thing we set out to do. We are also more on time than we have been... In a so, while. So far this month. Yeah. Uh, that said, we're going to have to talk after the show. I'm on the road next Monday. Uh, so uh, there will not, it will, there will be an edition of Scripture Talk next week, just not at its normal time, I don't think, because I'm going to be in the woods. And this Ugh. is the year of normal being, not normal. I mean, you know, got to remember, <laughs> we're still being we're hitting the show more regularly than we were in the first quarter of last year, uh, where I was on paternity leave and the studio, studio was entirely shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, our uh, scripture this evening is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 11. Now, I should remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you, as of, the, as of first importance, what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to someone untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be, to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so we have come to believe." I like this because a lot, I like this scripture in part because we hear a lot about Paul and Paul's story, but we don't always hear from Paul, right? This is one of those where you need to line up Acts 9, which is the conversion of Paul, mm-hmm. and Corinthians 15. This is him reflecting on that story. Right. That he, you know, full of anger, um, you know, sets out uh, to, I think, as we said recently on the show, like be a literal Christian bounty hunter. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, He literally sets out as, you know, to take down the church um, and ends up converting to Christ and ends up in this tremendous historic irony being one of the leading evangelists and the leading theologians writing a good percentage of the New Testament. And so here we get, in Paul's own words, Paul's recognition of the deep and strange irony 
that is his existence and his journey with God. That this story that he carries, this story of the resurrection, and the grace that this resurrection means is something that he has direct experience of. That he was very far from Christ. And he ends up being one of Christ's you know, greatest and most important and most historic advocates. And that is one of those, like, it, you wouldn't make it up. Like, you wouldn't write it this way. That this, like, you know, this this bad guy becomes the good guy, right? Like you would have someone who believed from the beginning. You would have Peter being, you know, and Peter is a major player in X. Um, but the person we hear from the most is in some ways the person who has Paul puts it, like had to work the hardest to get here um, because he did not, you know, walk with Christ, you know, in an earthly sense. Um, he only knows, um, he only knows, you know, Christ not secondhand, but after post-resurrection. Um, but also, he did not start out on the side of Christ. He started out very far on the other side. Um, and through this radical conversion ends up, again, like I said, Christ's greatest, one of Christ's greatest advocates and certainly the greatest one um, in the Gentile world. It's kind of like he's telling his own resurrection story. Yeah. You know, that he was dead through Christ being the bounty hunter of yeah. Christians and now he's resurrected to a new life in Christ and being one of the greatest. Right. And, and it is. You have this telling, a, kind of a retelling of the resurrection a little bit, but you see this beautiful example of what repentance truly is. Yes. The idea of repentance is you're walking in one direction and then you stop, make a 180 degree right. turn and walk the other way and there's not much of a better example of that than going from being a person advocating and helping to kill the right. Christians I mean, yeah, to being stoned and people leaving you for dead for being one. I mean, it's you know, it's like the good rendition of Obi Wan going, "You are to destroy the Sith, not become one." <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, I can see. <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. see the Sanhedrin. That's part of why they're so mad yeah, at him. Yeah, yeah. You are to destroy the Christians, not become yeah, one. Right. And he, he, instead of going to the dark side, he goes to the light side. Yeah. And you like, and this is one of those. In some ways, I think it is what gives Paul the weight, right? Um, and gives Paul a a way to talk to people in a different way. I think about this, you know, I, I have to, you know, review. I'm part of the team that helps figure out who gets to become a pastor, right? Um, and I think about, like, what makes a good clergy? And one of the architects of what makes a good clergy is the kid that was the president of the youth, youth group, um, the kid that, you know, stayed squeaky clean um and you know made their way up and they look at them and they go you you are definitely you you are pastor material you've always been we knew when you were a little kid you were gonna be pastor material and that kind of person is gonna is going to connect with a certain sort of folks and then there's this other model of who ends up being a pastor at church later. And it's the people with the, you know, wild and crazy story of like, you know, I, I think about uh, Kelly Tinley um, out at a Rock Bottom Ranch, right? She is, you know, leading women on this Christian journey of recovery, um, despite, you know, being on her own journey of recovery. And that informs her work and leads her to be able to reach and transform others. And I think this ends up playing into the conversation we had last week about calling too uh -huh. right and, and about um what do you do when the calling isn't linear well paul's story here we have paul reflecting on how non-linear his story was 
And he ends up being this great advocate in some ways because he had to work harder at it. And he's going to be able to reach a different kind of person because the version, because of what the view he gets of the resurrection story. He doesn't get the view that Peter gets, right? So here referred to as Cephas, which is just Peter. Um, the rock. The rock. It literally is like Dwayne. Mm-hmm. Dwayne, the right, like, is Peter Petros is just the rock. Um, and it would sound as weird in Greek as Dwayne the Rock Johnson sounds in English. Yeah. Like, never lose sight of Simon that. Simon the, the rock. rock. Right, no, it's literally that. Um, so he'd show up and be all, finally, the rock. Yeah. And you smell what Simon is cooking. I mean, Peter just didn't start out. <laughs> the rock was way better the rock Dwayne was way better at mic work way earlier than Peter. Peter eventually gets good at mic work, but originally it's just not, you know, it was only after Pentecost that he figures out how, what to do on the microphone. Anyways, <laughs> where he just comes up to Peter and goes, well, who are you? And he goes, Peter goes to tell me, he goes, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he, you know, basically Pentecost is, he's cutting his first promo. Anyways, I can keep going with yeah. this. Um, but like Paul gets this different view of, Peter does experience the forgiveness of Christ, right? Because Peter betrays Christ in his own way. But that is very much on that, like, direct, interpersonal, man-to-man, right? Literally, they gather on the on the seashore and Jesus makes them fish. Paul gets the experience of the resurrection that the rest of us get, right? Mm-hmm. Of what not just seeing Christ risen from the dead, but as Brandy brought up, then experiencing our own resurrection because of this encounter with Christ. Mm -hmm. And so he becomes someone who is able to translate this beyond, first of all, from the scale of life change, and second of all, because he does not have that direct experience. Uh, We have a a fun comment in here. They said, if you turn 180 degrees, you go back to where you were. And and yes, quite quite literally. But the idea of repentance is not that you're just taking a swerve off of from where you were going, but that you were going in a completely total different opposite direction of where you were going first. And sometimes it may be good to go back where you were because you're you're headed away from where you're supposed to be. Yeah. So turn on repentance is the idea of repentance being 180 is you your current trajectory has you flying the exact wrong way and so yes it is good to go yeah. back where you were because that might be headed back in the correct direction yeah and so we have this thing here with uh our, our paul here there's just this wonderful testimony yes. of him yes. saying absolutely hey this is what happened now and but it's more than him giving his testimony it's him reminding his audience yeah about the resurrection because it's that resurrection that brings the transformation power. Now we, we, we do speak a lot about the cross as the cross was hugely important without the cross, there is no resurrection. But if that was the end of the story, right. Then it's not different than the, there were, okay. So whether you realize it or not, the Romans crucified a lot of people. Yeah. Romans, Uh Romans, as we've talked about many times, (laughs) Romans, Killing machines. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the watch a, a version of Spartacus. You, you'll see the, the roads lined up with the uh, Or people. Russell Crowe's gladiator. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so what makes the cross now significant to Christianity is the fact that of all the people who were crucified, there was one that came back. Right. And again, <laughs> like this is, you know... You can't, you cannot talk about the New Testament without talking about the Romans in the same way that you should not responsibly talk about the prophets without talking about the Assyrians, the Babylonians, and the Persians, right? Yeah. That these things, like, 
um, Israel, Palestine, Judah, the, the, these places are, are, are small players, like caught up in the midst of these great empires. And then, so there is deep power in Christ, oh, as, uh, this is kind of before, but overcoming the Romans yeah. by not staying dead. <laughs> right? Like, this is like a giant, like, oh, Rome, you think you're so powerful. That's cute. The thing you can do, you can kill people. You're real good at killing people. I'm, ha- I'm happy. For, honestly, I'm happy for you. Right? Like, I'm really glad you found your skill, but I'm not going to stay dead. I you, get like, knocked down, but, but I, I get up again. You ain't never going to keep, keep me, keep me, me down. down. Yeah. Not Chumbawamba. I mean, it's, I mean, it's accurate. It's accurate. Um, so it is that, like, martyrdom is powerful, regardless whether you come back or not. But the real headliner here, you know, um, we don't end on Good Friday, right? Um, yeah, good Friday right. is good because Easter is coming. That's right. Um, and that <laughs> because they definitely didn't find it a Good Friday no, the first no, time they around. No, no, no. I mean, like, it's bad for Christ. It's good for you, right? It, part of why it's good is it's good for you. It's bad for Jesus. Great, you know what Jesus realizes or accepts. I mean, he's always known, but like, accepts on Monday Thursday. Um, there in the garden is like, this is bad for me. I'm gonna let it be bad for me. I'm gonna let it be good for you. Good Friday is good because it's good for you. Holy Thursday is holy because the choice that Jesus makes that night, Mm -hmm. um, that he really is going to do this. Um, And it's not a given that he would, but he does. Um, He chooses you. He chooses to make Good Friday good for you by being horrifically terrible um, for him. But what makes it truly powerful is it's not just that we were loved by somebody enough that they would die for us. That's part of it. But that somebody... Um, has the power to turn death into life, right? Mm-hmm. And to turn bad into good and to turn wrong direction into right direction, right? That one of the reasons why we worship on Sunday mornings rather than on the Jewish Sabbath, we could have just kept the Jewish Sabbath, right? Um, you ever thought about, or we might've talked about, and so this is not new yeah. information. We moved the day because that's when Jesus rose, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? So we celebrate the resurrection every Sunday. Like, why we worship on Sunday and not on the Jewish Sabbath, not at sundown on Friday, is because we celebrate the resurrection. And so, actually, we can reasonably trace, we think we know when Jesus rose. We think it's on a Sunday, because why else did they rearrange this? And this was not not like way into middle ages or no, something no, this, this was, was by like first century yeah, right. it had been <laughs> yeah. uh practice you can we've got writings about it saying as was the common uh uh custom they would meet on the first day of the first day of the week, first day of the week yeah we reor so every sunday is a mini meant to be a mini easter mm-hmm. yeah. right um just as the jewish sabbath is meant to remember that on the you know on the last on the last day of creation God rested and made that the norm for God's people. Why Christians kept the idea of Sabbath? It's you know in the it's in the commandments. It's a big deal. Keep the Sabbath, friends. Um, you should rest some and let that be a holy rest. Yeah. Um, but that's not what the sermon's about. Uh, we should do one on that at some point. But that's not what this one's about. But so this idea of not just not just death, but rising. And so that in us, as in Paul, right? He did not just die to who he was, although he does. He rises as something wholly new and better. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we just we, we just did a hymn sing um, last night. It was lovely, um, but we were joking that, you know, we bust out the heavenly highways and that hymnal, Yo Love Some Blood. They love the blood hymns. They love the death hymns. A lot of hymns with the There is a fountain filled with tub. blood. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Uh, the flows from Emmanuel's veins. And I'll and, fly away. And it is important to remember the blood of Jesus, right? That Jesus' willing sacrifice is what gives us access to God's grace. Uh-huh. But God's grace is inherently about resurrection. Yeah. Is about us rising from who we were to who we can be in God. And that's what Paul wanted his readers to know yes. is mm-hmm. that the grace of God is what made him who he was and that that grace was not wasted. It bared fruit. Yes. Here we are today that we can read looking rewrite or rewrite or retell the story of Christ's resurrection and have hope. Yes. You know, I'm sitting here thinking you're saying that in his wording of as though one born untimely or mm-hmm. untimely born. And in many ways, that's almost every Christian afterwards because, you know, we were not there through the, uh, Events We are here hearing of the tales, hearing of the testimonies that have been passed on, and yet still getting to experience in different ways the reality of a risen and still alive Savior that everyone who comes to salvation in some way has God reveal himself to them to where they have that, oh my gosh, this is real. I am doing this moment. Yes. And, and again, like Paul, Paul carries this testimony in um, and is able to kind of make it tangible to people because uh-huh. he can talk about that he did, he was not blessed with being a firsthand witness in that way, right? Christ appears to him. He has a firsthand encounter with Christ as we all can have a firsthand encounter with Christ. But it is not in the same way as Peter. It's not in the same way as the 500. It is not. That is the untimely born. But... It gives a different, now I would not say greater, but certainly different potency to his testimony mm-hmm. um, because, you know, uh, he can talk about this doesn't have to stop with this first generation, right? Yeah. In some ways, Paul is the first, the second generation Christians, yeah. or first leader that is a second generation Christian. Um, they obviously, anyone post Pentecost is a second generation Christian. Um, the kind of Gen twos, you know, Luke's a Gen two, you know, most of the most of the authors of the Bible, or you know, people who wrote a good chunk of the New Testament, Paul and Luke, are both second gens, right? In terms of they did not have that firsthand um, encounter with a living, talking, speaking, you know, eating. Mm-hmm. They didn't watch Jesus eat fish, right, to prove he's not a ghost. One yeah. of my favorite details, um, <laughs> and. So what Paul and Luke can testify to is that this can keep going by the power of the risen Christ, by the power of the spirit being present in the world. This can keep going beyond the life of the leader. I also like how, as he words, he gives credence to what he's saying, not just in, hey, I've seen this myself, blah, blah, blah. But it isn't just me. There's the disciples. There's these 500 other people. There's these people who are still alive. You know, so it's there of going, you don't have to take my word for it. There are people still alive that you can talk to about this. This is the LeVar Burton right. ending. Yeah. You don't have to take my word my for it. Right. Yeah. And so that's what's going on right here. For us, then, it's like when we wonder, well, did this happen? Well, this is literally being written to people 
with the challenge of you can go verify this. Right. Fact check me. Fact check me. Right. Um, and and that is essentially that's what Luke does. Right. Like mm-hmm. in some ways, Luke's writings feels like a response because Luke is writing after First Corinthians is written. Yeah. I know it doesn't feel that way because you read the Gospel <laughs> of Luke first, but like. Paul is writing along the same time as Mark is writing, right? Like, it's not clear who pub- who clicks publish first, right? Um, whether it's Paul or Mark. So, but Paul is... <laughs> they were all self-publishing. They're the all time. self-publishing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. It's hard, you know, we, we can't trace, we can't exactly trace it back. Um, but Paul could be writing as early as the 40s, and Mark could be writing as late as the 60s or 70s, mm-hmm. right? And so there could be, but also, it, you know, uh, Paul seems to have an understanding of the life of Christ that obviously could not have been firsthand. And so whether it is, you know, talking to Cephas or talking to Mark, um, it's clear Luke ends up with a copy, a copy of Mark um, and copies Mark a mm-hmm. lot. Um, so... Luke is taking up this challenge of, I'm going to go and I'm talking, because Luke's a second generation Christian. Luke's one of the first people born that gets kind of born into the church. Um, Luke's a second gen. And so Luke is tracing out these sources, talking to those of the 500, talking to the apostles that are still around um, and using that as the addition and reading Mark, um, who kind of scratches off the first attempt at a life of Greek biography of Christ um, so that you can say hi. And that's the opener, right? Hi, like I've done the research. Paul challenged, he doesn't say this directly, but like Paul, Paul challenged us in Corinthians, in Corinthians to like do the research. Here is the research. Here's what I can find um, for you Christians who did not experience this firsthand as I did not. Here's what we can know. Mm-hmm. And this is awesome because for those keeping up with it and Jesus was not born in year zero. No. And so we're, we're probably off three or four years at best guess, if not yeah, more. Yeah, who knows? The, no, so, ma- the math gets squishy. Do not. So then you think 33. So we're looking, okay, if he's writing in the 40s, it's only 10 years. Right. Yeah, you're, you're, so, looking, you're looking soon thereafter. And like, it's tough to gauge time by acts. It is. Right? Um, after well, okay, it's actually fairly easy to trace time by acts for chapters one and two. From there, <laughs> who knows? Fifty days, right? Like, but, but the point is though, it, it's relatively close. There's people still around, so to really blow your mind, there, you know, we think of nine eleven and all yeah. this and stuff. So it, it started hitting me, you know, uh, not that long ago that there are people in school who were not alive, right? Well, nine eleven. So they don't have that exact memory of that used to be the thing. Oh, I remember where I was where when I this happened. Where I was, correct. You know, and uh-huh. and that's kind of what he's saying. I remember where I was when Jesus came and hit me. So I I, I want to blow your mind slightly more. There are people who can vote. Yes. Um, and drink alcohol, um, because mm-hmm. that was you know let's do the math here. That was twenty one coming up on twenty one years ago. It was twenty years ago. Yeah. Um. So there are <laughs> so there are twenty year olds um who were not alive when it happened. And if you think about like memory really kicks in when you're like two or three. Uh, there is a whole generation of adults. Yeah. Rising. This isn't even just teenagers. This is people in their twenties. Oh, I can I can do even better. I, I remember when Desert Storm happened. So oh, do yeah. I. Yeah. So do I, yeah. But I was like 
five. I was Thomas's I age. I was in sixth grade. Man. I was like Thomas's. <laughs> so I, I, I swear I've told this story somewhere. I remember the Berlin Wall falling. Right. Um, in 1989. Yeah. Um, because uh, my dad was on a business trip. Um, key fact: my dad's name is Tom, um, and he owned a trench coat. Oh uh, yes. And Tom Brokaw. Uh, I so I saw I, I I can remember this. I remember Tom Brokaw standing in a trench coat on the uh, Berlin Wall, and they said, "Over to you, Tom." And I was pretty convinced it was my dad, and that's the only reason why I remember the fall of the Berlin Wall. Oh my um, because there is this like piece of family lore, um, and I, you know when you're three, that's not the crazy like that's not the craziest right. idea out there. No, um, there's a couple of thoughts here in the chat. Um, uh, Paul be like, uh, yo, I killed people, but Jesus changed me. And you think you're bad. <laughs> God, God can work with you. Yes. Yeah. God can do anything but fail. He's and, awesome like that. And, and Ken kind of inserting the, the thing that I, I knew would come up if there was a boomer in the chat. Um, in my day, um, it was the assassination of JFK. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, right. and, and so you think about what it is to pass on as we pass on those kinds of secular pieces of history. And that's the stage that Paul is at, right? As not one who experienced those things directly, um, but able to testify to their, because it's a spiritual thing, mm -hmm. able to testify to the reality of Christ in a different way that reaches a different audience. I was in Japan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is 9-11. Yeah, yeah, I bet you got a call from the Pentagon. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, Joe was in the Navy at the time. I suspect yeah. that. I was, was in college when that happened. I was a freshman year of high school. Oh. Yeah. Um, I was on my way um, to study hall, um, and Jesse, the girl that I liked at the time, <laughs> came and got me and, like, tugged me into the room so I would start watching the TV. Um, I, was, uh, I was an assistant manager at Arby's at the time. Fascinating. <laughs> this is as good a place as any um, to bring uh, this evening's show. Uh, well, oh, speaking of, uh, speaking sure, sure. of uh, the, the Berlin Wall, let me, let me do this real quick. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. I mean, yeah. it, wor yeah. it eventually worked. It, it happened. You were, it, that's it, 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 it that's happened. my Reagan impersonation. I mean, I would not quit your day job. <laughs> uh, but, you know... We all have gifts. Um, that's what we, you know, we talked about recently. You know, we all yeah. were made to do something. Personations may not be the thing you were made to do. Anyways, uh, if you have comments either on his impersonation of Reagan or frankly not, uh, you can leave a comment here on Facebook. Uh, you can leave a comment over on our YouTube channel. You can email us, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on our website, palestinegrace.com slash videos. We will be back next week probably Sunday afternoon, but we got to talk. We have a, we'll have a brief production meeting um, after the show is over to figure out when we're going to do a next week's show. Um, so, you know, just stay tuned to our channel. If you watch this after the fact, don't worry about it. It will go up at some point. Um, you can, if you need an audio only version of the show, just search scripture talk by grace church in your podcatcher of choice. And again, we will be back. I just don't know what day. It will be next week. I know what scripture. We're diving back into Jeremiah. It's Jeremiah chapter 17. Yep. Um, this is all worked out. Fear not, friends. But we'll anyways. Be back. Anyways, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Fear not. Stay well. God is with us. Kindergarten at Palestine Church. Ooh, how it, yeah. Ooh, that is. God be with her. God be with her. Indeed. Jeez. <laughs>
she was teaching my uh, Sierra. Wow, okay. Makes sense. She taught. I need some jelly beans. There's an entire generation of people who have no idea what that reference means. <laughs> Two generations. I'm one of them. <laughs>